long uh, shall I suffer you? Bring him hither to me. And Jesus rebuked the devil, and he departed out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. Now, there's a couple of things here. One, we recognize, first thing, we've got to recognize there is a battle. Amen? Amen. This was a spiritual battle. This was a battle between uh, the, the authority of Jesus Christ and the, uh, the imps of hell, the, uh, the satanic realm. And, and Jesus comes and he says to the disciples, second thing, he says, disciples, you're not prepared. You didn't recognize the battle and you didn't prepare for the battle. And so you were defeated in the battle. And so, honestly, a lot of us are defeated in the battle, and the battle's going to be there all the time. And so, uh, this is very important that we understand that there is a battle, and we can win that battle just as Jesus won this battle. And so, we go next. First, we must accept our responsibility in the battle. Everybody in this room right now is responsible. As a Christian, you're responsible to fight the fight. This is not, well, I, you know, I didn't enlist. I, you know, no, when you're a Christian, you're supposed to fight. Look what Scripture says, 1 Timothy 1.18. This charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before on thee, that thou by them mightest war a good warfare. There's a challenge to Timothy. Now, truthfully, that challenge is to every Christian, that we war a good warfare. So again, it says we are in a fight. We're in a battle. We're in a warfare. 1 Timothy 6.11 says, But thou, O man of God, flee these things and follow after righteousness and godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. Look what it says again. Fight the good fight of faith. We fight too many battles that we shouldn't be fighting, and we don't fight the one we ought to be fighting. The devil's messing with us, and he gets us into all kinds of things fighting this. And look, he uses up way too much energy fighting things we shouldn't be fighting. There's some things we cannot change. We can't do it. I've told people all over this nation, they say, what are we going to do about this election? I said, the only thing you can do, Pray. You're not going to make it. You, what are you going to do? Anybody here got, a, got a, a news station that we can go preach on? Anybody here got a, telev a television program that goes out to millions of people so that you can go say what you want to say on it? No, the world possesses all of that. But that don't mean we have to lose. We can win. We can pray. But... So it says, lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called, and hath professed a good profession before many witnesses. But the, the key in there is verse 12, fight the good fight of faith. We must prepare for the potential sacrifice. Now, this is where it gets a, a little bit rough, but we've got to face the reality. There is a potential sacrifice. John 15, 13 says, Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. You know, Jesus came to die for us. But look what he expects of us. The commitment to our responsibility. Acts 20, 24 says, But none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself. 
so that I might finish my course with joy in the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus Christ to testify the gospel of the grace of God. Do you notice what it says? Neither count I my life dear unto myself. What he's saying is, I'm willing to die for the cause of Christ. And folks, it's a spiritual warfare, but the, the, the works of Satan use people, and those people, they're not our enemy, but those people, it sounds terrible, they may take somebody's life in here. This, at this time, they understood they were going to die for the stand of Christ. Do you understand? If we're really going to fight the spiritual warfare, you've got to be willing to die. That's a pretty tough statement. And again, in America, it's like, whoa, 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 don't say those kind of things. But it's just the reality. How much are we really willing to give to fight for the cause of Christ? How much are we, how far are we willing to go? Here it says that neither count I my life dear to myself. We must accept the potential sacrifice. Look, look what it says here in Revelation chapter 12, verse 11. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And look, and they loved not their lives unto the death. Now, somebody along the way has to be these people. Are y'all with me at all? Amen. Somewhere along the way, somebody's got to be these people. Now, again, here in America, we're, we're blinded to this. And I'm not trying to scare anybody. I'm really not trying to do that at all because God is, is overall, he's more powerful than all. And, and God is so very good and gracious to us. But the, the simple truth is, uh, young people especially, I, I fear for you because what you see as America is all that you know of as America. And we're in such a spiral and decline, except the revival coming to America. I'm afraid. I, I just Before I walked in here today, uh, I, I was reading a little bit, and, and two more court cases, one through the Supreme Court, Basically, they're just saying that you do not have a right to do, have any kind of job where you take a Christian stand. You can't say, I won't, I, my principles won't allow me to do that. My Christianity won't allow me to do that. You can't do it. Our courts are deciding over and over against everything that stands for Christianity. Now, you can do anything else you want to do, but you just can't be a Christian. That's where this nation's going to. And again, I'm not trying to scare the young people, but, but the fact is, is that our young people have to understand you are in a fight. But you're not in a fight against the political system. You're not in a fight against the, the, those that get elected or don't get... You're not in a, that's not who you're fighting. It's a spiritual battle. It's a spiritual battle. So, leads us to this. We must prepare for the battle. Success of the, uh, success of the commitment is in the preparation. Now, 
here's what I'm saying. If we've got to understand that there's a sacrifice, so we've got to commit to that sacrifice and the success of the commitment where I say, look, I'm not going to count my life uh, valuable. I mean, uh, I'm not going to count my life uh, uh, too, too valuable. I'm going to count my life, you know, I want to give my life for the cause of Christ and kind of stumbling over my words tonight, but uh, my success comes when I commit to that. Now I've got to step out and prepare for that. Well, Gerald, you've been going through school. You're, you're preparing for the next phase, right? You're, you're studying for the next phase. You're, you're, you're getting ready for the next phase where you're going to. Now, here's success of the commitment is in the preparation. Ephesians 6.10 says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. God says, look, if you're going to fight this battle, you've got to put on all the armor. You've got to study the word of God. You've got to get in this part that I'm not going to get to tonight, but there's, there's tools and there's weaponry, I say. Not tools, but weaponry that God gives us to fight this battle. But we've got to not understand, we've got to put on the whole armor of God that, you, that we may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities. Here, here again, we want to emphasize, we're not fighting against another human being. I'm not fighting with anybody in here. I'm not fighting with anybody in Memphis. I'm fighting, look what it says, I'm fighting against principalities and against powers and against rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. You say, and listen, if you're putting a name to that spiritual wickedness, You've decided that person is the spiritual wickedness. No, that person is influenced by the spiritual wickedness. That person is given over to the spiritual wickedness. And what we do is we focus on the person, but the person is not the enemy. The, per the one that's the enemy is Satan himself. It's a spiritual battle. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to, to withstand in the evil day. And that's, again, the day that we're in. And having done all, to stand. To stand. And so we've got to stand. We stand through the preparation. If we're prepared, if we're outfitted right, then when the fight comes, we're ready for it. And so, brings us next. Preparation begins with obedience. Preparation begins with obedience. 2 Timothy 2.4 says, listen to this, No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. We don't, look, you say, how's that obedience? Obedience to God says, God has commanded me that there's some things that I need to lay aside. There's some weights that so easily beset me, that so easily hinder me, and I've got to set them aside. And I've got to, I've got to prepare to be a soldier for him. In order to do that, I've got to set some things aside. When we were, we're you know, you come to football practice or any practice or anything that I was doing, you know, I was in high school especially. I, at one time, uh, I, when my senior year, I played five sports my senior year. And, and, 
And so many guys, you know, they go out to the parking lot, they're smoking this, they're drinking that, they're doing this, and I didn't, I didn't do it in high school. And you say, why, because you were moral, because you were a Christian? No, I was lost as I could be. Well, why didn't you do it? Because I was working too hard to get my body in condition. I couldn't imagine throwing trash in it as hard as I was having to work to condition it. I wanted, it, I wanted my body ready uh, when I went in there for three minutes in the ring, I wanted to be able to go the whole three minutes. When I went out to the football field, I wanted to go longer and harder and be in better shape when it came to the fourth quarter than they were. Everything that I did, I wanted to be in the, the prime of my condition, and I just could not imagine how just doing something intentionally to take away from that, and that's what we do in the Christian life. We say, well, you know, I, 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 I want to serve God, but let me, you know, let me take it and get entangled with, with the world and the flesh and the devil, and let me watch this and listen to this and go here and sleep in here and, and, and don't come to church and don't do this. And listen, I'm just telling you, it's so very important that we are prepared. Look, we must not be entangled in all the things of the world. We've got, we want to get entangled, get entangled up with God. And what it says, if we don't want to get entangled with the affairs of this life, then we can please Him. And He was the one that chose us to be His soldier. And so, this little statement, simplicity is not only in the gospel, but in living a life for Christ. And by that I mean this, you know, it's easy to get saved. It really is. It's really easy to get saved. And one of the things that we'll do, we'll say, you know, look, salvation is easy. You know, living for the Lord can be, can be hard. Now, can I tell you, the truth is, is both of them are just as simple. God didn't make it difficult. He didn't, he didn't make serving him, uh, you know, some higher level math. Uh, he, did, he, did, he didn't make it trigonometry. <laughs> He, he didn't do that. He didn't make it physics, amen, kids? No, he didn't do that. No, he made it little simple statements. Watch this. The simplicity is not only in the gospel. It's easy to get saved. You just, if you understand the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, and you understand you're a sinner and on your way to hell without Christ, you understand Jesus died in your place, and you ask Christ to save you and take you to heaven when you die, believing that he did die in your place, and he gives you that eternal life as a free gift. When you call upon him, boom, it's done. And can I tell you that living for Christ, look what it says. It simply says, very simple statement, no man that warth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. God just very simply says, he says, if you're going to be my soldier, then don't get entangled with the world. Now, how difficult is that? Anybody alive? How hard is that? You say, well, you know, it's a lot of temptation out there. No, no, it may be. You may be succumbing to temptation, but let me, the statement's real easy. Watch this. I grew up hearing this kind of stuff. Don't do it. No, it's put to me like this. Do that, son, and I'll knock you upside the head. Or you do that, boy, and I'll slap you silly. Now, I never figured out what slap you silly was. But hey, it's real simple. You just don't do it. Why do we make it so hard? 
Let's, I, I know, I'm, I, you know I really go off on this stuff because if you watch so many people's lives get messed up and they're saved, they're on their way to heaven, they got the gift of God, which is eternal life. But God said, don't do this. And the devil says, what's the big deal? And they go ahead and do it. And then they come back crying, help me, help me, help me. Well, I'll be willing, I'll help you all I can. But all you had to do not to just keep from getting messed up is don't do it. Just when that temptation comes, says, no, get out of here. I'm not doing it. Is that too simple? Y'all okay? All right. We must understand where the primary battle is fought. And I'm about, I'm really trying to work on my time here. We must understand where the primary battle is fought. You know, if we're going to fight the battle, we've got to know where, where the battle's going to take place. And it really helps. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. So we're not fighting in the flesh. We know that. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. So this is a spiritual warfare. And we, but then this spiritual warfare is not flesh. It's spiritual warfare. God says we've got to pull down these strongholds. And so then he says, casting down imaginations. Notice this. Where do imaginations take place? Talk to me loud now. In the mind. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God. And everything that contradicts the word of God is exalting itself against the knowledge of God. And that's why it's so important we know the word of God so we know God says that's not right. Don't do it. Wait a minute. When something comes and says it's okay, we know the word of God says no. And look, casting down imagination and every high thing results itself against the knowledge of God and bringeth into captivity, again, every thought to the obedience of Christ, the ultimate battleground that Satan comes to battle us is in our head. Right here. I mean, you, you don't have to study very much. You'll find out that much of our illnesses that we battle are in the head. I'm not saying they're not physical. I'm saying that the, the mind will, will whip your body and tear your body up to the point that now you become physically sick. So... Satan attacks the mind with lies. We've talked about this before. We're going to talk about it again. But John 8, 44 says he was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in, uh, abode not in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own for he is a liar and the father of it. You know, the Lord's pretty point blank about this. I mean, he, he gets right in his face. You know, Jesus says Satan is a stinking liar. And here's why it's so important, because he, if he's a liar, that means he's going to lie, right? And you know who's going to lie to? To us. He's going to try to get to our minds and lie to us. Therefore, if Satan's a liar, therefore, uh, therefore, our, I don't remember what I put up there. 
Therefore, therefore, I don't know what it says. I think it says something about our mind, but anyway, therefore, we must protect and defend our minds. Maybe the Lord didn't want me to say it anyway. That's, that's the whole statement. This is the most important part. We must protect and defend our minds. Look what 1 Peter says, chapter 1, verse 13. Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind. God says we let our minds be opened. We just kind of like open it up and say, whatever comes in, comes in. Folks, be very careful about just sitting and listening to the radio nonstop. Be very careful about just having the TV on, whatever, and it's just playing and playing and playing and playing. Be very careful even about conversations that people get into. Because what we do, we so often we just kind of like throw, throw the doors of our mind open and say, oh, it's okay, just throw whatever you want to right in here. Folks, he said, gird it up. You know what he said? He said, he said cinch that up, tie it up, pull it up. Don't let it come in there. We've got to be careful what we allow to come in our minds. Josh, you said this other day about the job that you had before. He said it just, said it just got to the point of just beating him up hour after hour, day after day with just the garbage that's being said and the, and, and the things that are and the negativity and all the, it's just thrown into his mind. Now, fortunately, he girded up his mind. Where would, I hate to put it, but where would Josh be right now if for the last however many years he's been at that place, he just threw his mind open and said, pour it on in. Can I tell you where he would be? He'd be like people, college students that I worked with when I was a college student in Bible college. Before we finish Bible college, they're talking just like those guys are. They're using the same words those guys are using. They're telling the same stories those guys are telling. They're running out after work to the same places those guys are doing. You say, how do you, how do you stop that? You gird up your mind. Listen, at the... Well, Philippians 2, 5 says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. When I was there at um, a college, I worked at a place called Sport Mart. I, uh, because I'd been a police officer, you know, I went there to Bible college, and I, and I started catching shoplifters. It was a tough job, but somebody's got to do it. And I would just kept shoplifters all day long, two days a week. I went to school three days a week sometimes. Uh, and I would work two days a week, 12 hours a day, looking through binoculars, through two-way mirrors, just watching for 12, if you can imagine, 12 hours just staring down aisles to see if somebody steals. As I stood on that catwalk about 10 foot up uh, off the ground, uh, the, the behind me is this, this huge warehouse where all these guys worked in the warehouse. And there'd be two or three stereos playing at the same time, back there and the, and the most filthy language you ever heard in your life. And I worked there and, and I worked for 
two months before I did this, but two months I caught more shoplifters than anybody in the store chain, which is like eight stores. And so I, I, I let them know I came here to do what I'm supposed to do. I'm not goofing around. I come here to do my job. I come here to... And so after, after two months of that, I started going to, and I found the biggest guy in the, in the warehouse, and I walked up to the biggest guy in the warehouse, and he was a, a heavyweight boxing champion from Chicago, and I walked up to him, and I said, Kevin, I'm going to ask you to do me a favor. And, now, and I, they all called me Bubba because they thought everybody from the South was Bubba. <laughs> and I said, uh, he said, Bubba, what do you need? And I said, uh, I said, Kevin, I can't, I can't force you. All I can do is ask you. I said, but you know I'm a Christian, and when I hear the Lord's name taken in vain, it really hurts me. And I said, so I'm just going to ask you, would you not do that? I can still see Kevin's face right now, big old guy. He looked at me, and he said, Bubba, I can't guarantee you, but I'll try. And you know, I, look, I worked there four more years, and I never heard Kevin one time say a customer. I went from man to man in that warehouse. And when I left there, you can ask my wife, when I left that, that place four years later, there, you would not, I'd go two or three weeks before I'd hear even a cuss word. And every time I would hear a cuss word, here's what would happen. Some guy would do something and he would say it and he would look up to the catwalk and say, I'm sorry, Bubba. Now, I wouldn't better than anybody else, but I decided I know where I came from, and if I open up my mind to this, I'm going back there. I've got to gird up my mind. Now, I'm almost done. The battle is not optional if there's to be a victory. Let me just tell you, as a Christian, as a parent, as a young person, this battle is not an optional battle. It's, well, I don't know if that I want to get in this fight. If you're going to have victory in your life, it's not an option. Psalm 127, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. You either build it with God or it's not going to be built. And then you see this last statement here, I think. Our commitment to God determines the outcome of the battle. How committed are we to God? James 4, 7 Look at this, such a simple, again, here's the simplicity of it. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil. And look at this, and he will flee from you. This is not a kid's song. This is a verse of Scripture, a promise of God. Resist the devil, and he will flee. That's pretty much authority, isn't it? We must be pretty strong in Christ. If we can resist the devil, and he will flee. Well, I'm going to have a, just to, I hope that this, and I hope you understand where I'm, I'm going. I, I, I preach at times fairly hard on Sundays, and I probably will and on Wednesday night, but, but I, I grew up under a man that on Wednesday night was a teaching time, and it's where I learned the Word of God. And I'm going to try my best to, to, to try to help you see the principles that changed my life. And so uh, that's what we're doing tonight. But we do have something very special tonight. One, we're going to have prayer in just a second. But before we do, 
Uh, I said, I wanted her to do this. She asked if it was okay to do this. But we have uh, a young lady that's going to join our church tonight. So, Tricia, would you come on up here? And I need somebody to fill out a little form here for Tricia. And Tricia, I just...